thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the Grange Point 4. This is Control, be radial. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, Citizen Civ. You've tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 59. It was recorded February 14th and made available for download February 17th at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Tony. And this week we have Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster joining us to present a special achievement. And I'm Justin, and I would like to announce that our very own Lennon Rich has just unlocked the most absent host achievement here at Guard Frequency. If only he was here to accept it. So what do we have this week, Tony? In this week's Squawk Box, we find out it's getting awfully crowded in my sky. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update, the latest design document all about rental equipment credits, PTU patch 1.0.3, and the first of many gauntlets to be thrown down by the dev pilots. In this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we'll send you straight to null. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. We've added a new feature to our website, guardfrequency.com, a Patreon campaign button. We've got a variety of rewards and backer levels. But essentially, if you know how Kickstarter works, you're most of the way there. Of course, we're happy to share our labor of love with you each week, free of charge. But it's nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that the folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. We thank the folks who have already chipped in, and we hope you consider making a regular contribution. The more support we get, the better show we can make. That takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get to the show and see what's coming through the squawk box. Hey, you boys, need a carrier around here? Uh, everything's under control. Persuasion normal. Crypto, crypto, crypto. This is Tony saying welcome to the squawk box, everyone. You know, it's getting to where you can't get through the week without some kind of space thing going up or coming down these days. SpaceX just sent the Discover solar weather warning satellite into the sky. Once it reaches Lagrange Point 1, don't worry, it won't get lost near Lagrange Point 4. Over 1 million miles from Earth, it will provide scientists with 15 to 60 minutes advance notice of high-energy coronal mass ejections heading for Earth's atmosphere. Its original mission, canceled in 2001, was to be a full-spectrum observatory of our very favoritist celestial body, Kate Beckinsale. Ha! <laughs> no! <laughs> just kidding. Uh, it's Earth. Once upon a time dubbed the Gorsat for its tree-huggery mission, it was put in storage for over a decade, but now is safely speeding towards its orbital station, with sensors aimed both back home and toward our home star. Side note, this was supposed to be the second attempt for SpaceX's first stage booster recovery program, but the stormy, choppy Atlantic Ocean had other plans, and the robotic recovery platform, already down one engine, was recalled to port. Nevertheless, the rocket stage splashed down slowly, gently, and straight up vertical within 10 meters of its program touchdown point. And then it sank. Okay, third time's the charm, right guys? Yeah. In other news, SpaceX's Dragon cargo capsule departed the ISS this week. A European automated transfer vehicle will go pick up trash and then burn up in the atmosphere. And a Russian progress capsule will follow right after. You know, wow, that uh, ISS is a pretty busy port these days. I hope uh, the guys that got working on the docks are, uh, you know, reliable. You know, it would be a shame if uh, work was to slow down at the space station airlock, if you know what I mean. And finally, the European Space Agency launched its prototype of a United Federation of Planets shuttlecraft without its nacelles. Wait, sorry. That's the IXV lifting body experimental space plane, but 
Seriously, go look at this thing and imagine it with a couple of engine pods on the bottom. I mean, Spock could fly that thing. Uh, the 100-minute suborbital test flight was a complete success and represents the first step towards the ESA's development of their own reusable spacecraft system. I've glossed over a lot of the interesting details trying to cram all of this into one segment, so check out some of the links in our show notes. Hopefully, sometime in the next few years, there will be too many launches and landings to do more than just list them here on the Squawk Box. Go space. And with that, have you seen or heard something that you think is interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Crowdfunding update for February 14th, 2015, 72,505,000, up about 300,000 from last week. 754,000 star citizens, up about 6,000, and the UEE fleet has grown by about 4,000 ships. A quiet week, as it should be, uh, people spending their hard-earned dollars on their sweethearts, not on their spaceships. REC, or Rental Equipment Credits, is, brace yourselves everyone, a second virtual currency introduced in the Star Citizen universe. I know, I know, it's okay. I'm tired of me being right all the time, too. Hush. They're there. Shh, it's okay. It's going to be a 10 to 1 conversion factor between UEC and REC. So if a UEC is one tenth of a cent United States and REC is one cent United States. Also, the starting target earn rate is about 1800 REC per hour of gameplay or about 18 bucks an hour. That would be a great part time job. Fortunately, Everyone who applies gets in. You'll need about 15 hours of uh, that kind of gameplay to save up for an Arena Commander Redeemer starship. So, uh, okay, here's how it works. You log into Arena Commander. You play any of the PvP scenarios. Yes, only PvP. (gasps) Believe me, I have words later on As will I. You get a share of a pot of REC allocated by the server to this match based on your performance in the match and or relative performance history and or number of pilots in the instance, etc. There are a number of factors going into the determination of the size of the pot and how it's divided. The post is sufficiently detailed in that context for me. The logic there passes the smell test in my book. Then you take the REC and you go rent ships and gear for a week at a time. If you want to renew your rental, you may do so at a 20% discount, but only for one week at a time. Meaning, you need to keep logging in to renew weekly if you want that discount. We encourage you to dive into the nuts and bolts of the system for yourself if you're interested. But as you might expect, I have a few bones to pick, mostly with the design choice of rent versus buy. CIG, being the smart cookies that they are, anticipated this reaction by some community members and came up with a handy FAQ that culminated in a five-point plan to justify this design decision. Gentlemen, let's take them one at a time, shall we? Arena Commander progression should not equal persistent universe progression. We believe strongly that players need to go out into the world to truly progress. A system that permanently rewards you for staying home and playing the simulator will reduce that experience in the long run. Jeff, why don't you start? You as a gamer, why doesn't this hold water for you? Because it gets old really fast. You can only play so much Vandal Swarm. You can only do so much PvP battles. The whole idea about Chris's universe is to be a persistent, I mean, an alternative reality. Now, if we're talking about the finished persistent universe as a simulator, then I might reconsider my answer, but it's just going to get really old really fast. Shiv, what do you think? I think it makes sense because basically there's two games here. There's the no-risk 
game of the sim pod where you can play as much as you want if you die you respawn so if you want to keep your goodies up your gear you have to keep playing that but i think the people who are going to play that a lot that's probably what they want they want to play the non-risky version but mm-hmm. other people want to play resistant universe where it's very risky you go fly somewhere you could get blown up you won't just respawn you'll lose your ship you'll die so i can see the point here i think there'll be people all they want to do is arena commander so there's a system there for them to keep they have to kind of keep playing keep their their gear if you only want to play arena commander maybe that's not as good but if you just want to practice i think for the the persistent universe player who wants to only practice it's not gonna be as good because oh i want to practice this new ship well i don't have it unless say you buy a hornet and a hornet comes with a disc with the arena commander hornet on it and it doesn't go away because you own a real ship i think i think if you buy a gun you get the arena commander version that doesn't go away if you buy it in the persistent universe i think if you get it in arena commander i think that'll be great then you can practice with your gear without risk then go fly it in the real universe and you're you're not risking as much because you practice and i think practicing before you go out into deep the deep black seems, seems to make sense here, here's my take on it. I kind of like your thought about if you buy it in the Persistent Universe, it is permanent in Arena Commander. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good, that might be a compromise position. Because I'm going to go completely the other way and say this is really dumb. I'm more in Jeff's camp here. The whole point of the progression in the Persistent Universe is that it's three steps forward, two steps back. You buy the ship, but then you got to maintain it with license fees and upkeep and degrading, and you got to reload the missile launcher and the guns, right? You buy it, but you don't really get to, quote, keep it, because you always have to do stuff to maintain it. In Arena Commander, it's a game in the Persistent Universe. That should be worry-free. It should be a spot like Shiv saying, go to test stuff in a risk-free environment. You should not have to worry about the game within the game, because it's just a game. Unlock it, forget about it. No maintenance fees, no upgrades, no rentals, nothing... Nothing else to keep track of. You're going to have your plate full in the Persistent Universe, that same thing. The trade-off, as Jeff pointed out, is a wide variety of things to do and a different risk versus reward set for that stuff. The stuff in Arena Commander is a game, and it should be a game where you get rewarded by points or whatever. Yes, it's a second currency. Make it only good to spend inside the Arena Commander so that people can have the widest variety possible of gear and equipment in the game, but the narrowest possible set of missions or ways to test it. So maybe there's only a dozen possible missions that you can run with this stuff, but have, have let people unlock virtually everything in that system. And then maybe have a subset of items that you can only find in the Persistent Universe that original systems can't possibly simulate or modify in the Arena Commander universe because it's, you know, hyper-classified UEE top secret or crazy alien tech that no one understands. So there's lots of different ways to do it, but I really think that the Arena Commander needs to be permanent and worry-free. And as we've already been sold, the Persistent Universe is maintenance fees, upkeep requirement, three steps forward, two steps back. And that line needs to be drawn now and there. Am I under the mistaken impression that I'm testing for a future persistent universe game and that this is not actually what we're going to end up with? I mean, is my is my starry-eyed desire for, yeah. the, for something of, of vision and quality just really that, just starry eyes? I, 
I mean, and I, I, I can see where you might fear that, Jeff. I mean, because if this is the sort of end game that they're testing... Now, and, and let's back up here, too. There could be an unspoken theory that they're trying to test the sort of maintenance sync rate that they want to hit in the Persistent Universe. I'm cool with that. If they're trying to get an idea of people's gameplay habits to see how much are you going to play to maintain systems that you've earned. And they could just not be telling us that because they don't want to, you know, screw up the uh, the test or whatever. You know, the sort of Heisenberg uncertainty principle of, you know, game testing. If we observe it, then we can't really detect it. I'm, I'm okay if they just don't, aren't saying that to us. Uh, and they're going to change this later on once they've got the data they want. So, I mean, that's a, that's a possibility, too. And if they were smart, it would be. Hint, hint, hint. But, I mean, if this is the way, if they're really, if their design decision is to make the game as maintenance intensive as the Persistent Universe, you know, the game within the Persistent Universe as intensive as the Persistent Universe itself, that's stupid. They they should not do that. And they should not introduce that at the testing phase. And and they can adjust it. So if people are like, oh, I have to play this long just to get a gun, then they can change it. Like I said, it could be, like, exactly, Shiv. I mean, it could be that they're, that, that they want to feel those limits out with this. That's cool. But they better reverse this decision once we get closer to launch. Well, and then they should state that in the in making this available to us, they should state their intentions. I mean, this is a <clears throat> this is a testing environment. I mean, I'm not a PvPer. I go in. I go into play. Yeah, but I can see where they. I mean, they're trying to get a feel. They're trying to collect raw data. I can see where they're keeping this a secret or making people just do it this way first it might be essential to the test. Yeah. I can see that. Point two, it's a buffer against exploits. We fully expect players to discover bugs and loopholes in the REC system, but with a one-week rental deadline, the most damage they can do to the game is unbalancing it for one week. So, Jeff, what do you think of this argument? I think it's full of holes. A one-week rental deadline, huh? So how many times do you play during the week? How much does real life get involved in your, in your life, actually? Are you on all the time? Is your game stable? There's so much wrong with this. So if you're an exploiter, right, and you've only got a one-week deadline and you find some sort of exploit to the rental system, you find some way to earn more uh, REC than the design lets you, how, 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 is, how is a one-week deadline for that exploit going to help here? Well, they'll, they'll change the exploit, but I, it may not. Yes. It may not. I, <clears throat> unless the exploit is identified or it's reported, you know, uh, next week I could be exploiting the same exploit again. And if you could exploit the same exploit over and over again and have a big pile of credits, what's stopping you from re-upping that same game-breaking purchase over and over and over again? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Shiv, what do you think? First, I think it's great they are looking at a game and they're like, well, we're going to have exploiters. Let's at least try from the start. Because we all know for Star Trek Online, the foundry is Exploit City. There's always something. People want to make a, a good story for people to play, and then other people want to make a, use something that just gives somebody millions of dilithium in a minute. But here, obviously, it's a different environment. But they're looking at it going, people will find a way. Let's limit the max damage they can do. And really, what can they do? A, it's not the persistent universe. Bingo. But if people, like I said, do want to, all they do is play Arena Commander, it's going to be annoying if somebody can have a ton of fancy guns they normally wouldn't get but i yeah, believe if you're in a if pvp you, environment yeah i believe if you buy it in the vd store then you get to keep it so right. what's the difference between finding exploit and having 50 bucks 
or whatever the well the difference is that CIG makes money off of you having 50 bucks and giving it to them so you can have the you know overpowered weapon immediately or you can play their game a bunch earn the in universe credits the in game credits for it and then exploit it and then have to keep earning the credits over and over again to continue having your fun and exploiting it right but and so the the argument then comes back down to cash or time you know the old time versus money situation but the problem here with this statement again i think i covered it sort of with jeff and all uh, is there's nothing stopping you if you have an exploit in there from just re-upping the exploit at a 20 percent discount and if it's only going to unbalance the game for a week it that only really matters in a pvp environment but it was the CIG's design decision to make this a PvP-only credit-earning environment. So if it's exploitable in a PvP environment, that was their design choice to do it that way. So I, I, I'm having a hard time understanding why you design it to be a PvP environment only, and now we're worried about people having permanent exploits in a PvP environment, rather than fixing the exploit. Even if they can re-up it, say, say you get a million REC. Eventually, you're going to run out if the exploit's gone, and then your ability to re-up your exploit amount of weapons will go away. Well, then I'll find the newest exploit. True. At least then it's the, it becomes the traditional whack-a-mole problem rather than, oh, we've identified this exploit, but we really don't feel like fixing it because the problem will just fix itself once the guy gets bored and quits doing the exploit. What? No. <laughs> the guy's not going to get bored and quit doing the exploit. He's going to keep doing it over and over again. Yeah. And, and I really think the damage you could do is in the inner commands what a leaderboard. Yeah, and there's plenty of ways to gain that stuff without the rental credits and doing other stuff. We don't need to go through and like list any of them or come up with that stuff. That's not the discussion tonight. But it's the leaderboard in Arena Commander. It's a fake game inside a fake game. A fake game inside a real game. Oh, right. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> number three. Number three. It's a first blush at future balance goals. The goal has always been to balance effort and convenience. Whether you have time or money, you should be able to have a good experience. That's going to take a lot of work to get right. So this is the earliest possible version of it to help us start to understand how this will work out in the wild. Uh, I think it's a good statement, but I I truly wonder if that's really the goal. I think the goal is more to find out if they can get away or, or do this in the real game. Yeah, I agree. This And again, it was this point that sort of makes me wonder if this is, we're sort of trying to test out our audience's preference curve, time versus money, how much pain are they willing to put up with and do, with the various sinks in the game to maintain their weapons and, and their ships and stuff like that. That This statement is the one that sort of makes me think that maybe they're not telling us everything about the test. That's, that's, that's what I kind of was thinking about this statement. Shiv, what do you think? Makes sense as far as you put it. They're trying to figure out what people want to do get a gun obviously like we said arena commander is no risk whereas in the persistent universe you could take a really risky mission which would take a third the time but you get 10 times the profit but you might get blown up in the process if you're not careful here there's just no risk so i don't know how well this will balance persistent universe but if they they have a baseline like arena commander is equivalent to playing in safe systems then sure and then they can then they can scale up the rewards in the riskier systems, you know, or scale back, like you said, the time investment in those uh, riskier systems. Yeah. Again, well, I mean, this one out of all five of them, I like this one the best. But it relies on my assumption that they're not telling us everything about the purpose and the direction of their testing. While I like this argument the best, it sort of has a shady undertone to me liking it. Maybe that's why I like it. Maybe I'm a really dark and cynical person. Do you think that's possible? Oh, we know that to be the truth. Oh, okay, okay. All right, just checking. I was just checking. 
All right, fourth point. It allows for a tool for directing testing. If we're going to be working on a particular ship or item, we can put it on sale, a tactic that wouldn't affect players who already unlocked it. Hmm, Jeff, what do you think about this one? I really don't know what to think about this one. A tactic that would affect players who already unlocked it? Yeah, you know, imagine imagine I've got, like, uh, imagine they've added a new feature to... I don't know, like the Cutlass, right? And you don't have a Cutlass in your hangar because you haven't bought one, but you've unlocked it in Arena Commander and it's permanent, right? So you've permanently unlocked the Cutlass in Arena Commander. Now CIG wants to get a lot of people testing the Cutlass. So if you've already earned it and you've already flown it and you've already sort of figured out all its bits and pieces, eh, maybe I'll participate, maybe I won't. But if you haven't earned the Cutlass already, then, oh, holy crap, I can earn a Cutlass or or rent a Cutlass for super cheap this week. I'm going to try it out and fly it because I haven't ever done it before. So far, they've been very good about throwing ships in there. Right right now, they got the 300 series, all of them, going on in testing. Mm -hmm. So why would I... I mean, unless they're going to change their testing methods. Oh, yeah, they're going to stop that. Oh. That whole free fly weekend thing for everybody, that's going to stop. Oh, so you're saying that we're not testing the game anymore. Well, you are testing the game, but you have to earn the credits first before you can test it. Why would I play? Bingo! If you want to have directed testing, just give everyone one for free. Right. You'll get everybody out there. And if the problem is that it's going to disappear, you know, if, if you've already bought it, then you've already flown it, and if you let the rental lapse, it means you're not interested in flying it anymore. I mean, if you don't already have it in your hangar and you're doing the upkeep rental every single week, it means you don't like it or don't care. So you're not any more likely to jump in and test it on the weekends that they're offering the directed testing. Eh, I've flown it before. I just don't care that much. Shiv, what do you think? What do you think about the concept of directed testing? I think it's a good idea to say, okay, we are going to tweak the 300 series, for example. So we want a bunch of people to play it. We get a bunch of data, but whether I guess it would if it's like play twenty minutes, get it. I think a lot of people might do it because I think there's something fun about unlocking something. As much yeah. as Lennon oh, hates no, achievements, they're fun. Oh sure, you know. Well, what, what, Lennon doesn't like him, but he's just mad because we're going to give him the most absent host right. achievement this week. And, and I will say something like I, I was playing a game where I got an achievement for completing the first chapter. I'm like, okay, I was going to do that anyway. Those yeah. those no big deal. Whereas when you're like, okay, if I just do this, if I, you know, do extra good in this level, I, I'll, I'll get it that much sooner. That's fun. I like that. But if, yeah, so, it's so an option. If, yeah, you if unlock an option, yeah. Play, play one round, then you get to do the thing that's being tested. I think that's okay. If we're ha- sticking with the system, I think that's fine. Otherwise, why not make it free, like Jeff says. Am I cynical? Am I an old gamer? Because I get excited over... You and me both. I get excited over uh, earning a rank or something, being called colonel instead of captain. Or, But if I go out and kill 100 of the same vandals, I don't care if I get a little cha-ching out of it. It doesn't matter to me. That's a very good point, both you and Shiv both. There are some people that are going to be those achievement-directed or collection-directed. I've talked a couple of times about my son. He loves Mario Kart, unlocking all of the different accessories and, and options you can have. I don't care. I'm going to find the accessory or option that I like and stick with it because, like you said, Jeff, I'm old. You know, I'm, I'm setting my ways and that kind of stuff. But I, I want to see a progression where as I put more time into a game, I, I get additional sort of, you know, either you know, numeric or rank rewards or something that sticks and is permanent. It's like, you remember uh, the uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica and the Pegasus shows? Like, they were walking down the flight line, and the Pegasus guys were like, what, you don't paint your kills on your nose? And, like, Starbuck and Apollo were like, <coughs> idiot. What? Who cares? 
Really? That's yeah. stupid. I, I mean, I, that's I'm kind of yeah. I, I I'm kind of like that. And you know, like Shiva saying, well, killing Cylons isn't really an option. You have to do that to stay alive. So it's kind of like finishing chapter one. It's like yes, I killed enough bad guys to finish chapter one. But if it's something extra that you're doing and I earn a, a, a paint job for it, that's just splash and fun. It's not anything that's going to provide game testing data for CIG. And it's not anything that's going to provide an advantage or a, you know, a different functionality to the ships that I'm flying. The concept of directed testing is great. And if you want to do that, hand over the thing you want tested to the audience and let them do it. If what you're testing is people's willingness to stop doing what they would normally do to chase this reward or this achievement, well, that's something else. And that's fine. But again, it gets into that whole dark, cynical Tony thing where they're not telling us about everything in the testing. We're poking at your psychology about when you're going to drop the stuff you would rather do to do the stuff we want you to do. And I think that may be more what that's about. Finally, we have it prevents stagnation during alpha. It should not ever be possible to complete or win this pre-alpha game. Oh. I think I have the biggest problem with this one. But you go ahead and start, Joe. <clears throat> well, okay. What the hell are you here for? Aren't you supposed to jump in the game and test everything? And test everything to its limit. Uh, exactly. Until you're done testing. I mean, if, it, right? if you're so interested in this game, like we are, we, we put up a podcast because we love this game. Yeah. Now, the thing of it is, if you expect more out of the alpha than what's really being given to you, why are you here? If, if you can't love the concept and love the idea of what this game is going to bring when it's fully realized, I got to question your motives. Shiv, what do you say? I can see the point that they don't want you to be able to complete it, but even if you have everything. I mean, what are they going? What what's are what's CIG doing in the meantime? Right. What is the point to have all the things, or is it to get on the top of the scoreboard? Okay, hang on, hang on, Chef. I'm, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you this question, and I want you to think for just a second before you answer it. If you've completed the alpha and you've unlocked all of the gizmos and the ships, what's CIG supposed to be doing at that point? Making more gizmos and ships. How can you possibly stagnate in a pre-pre-pre-alpha when the development company is constantly adding stuff into the system? Bingo! That This ar- this argument right here is honestly the worst. This one, I mean, like I said, points three and four, I can get my head around them if, we're, if I'm slightly cynical about it. And I, and I understand the reasons why, they, why that would be. But this one, I think, is just specious. This one, I just, no. Take this one off. <laughs> this one, no. To go home with that one. So... Overall, I am not a fan of the rent versus buy. Jeff, are you a fan of the rent versus buy? The way they've come down on the, come down on this. He double toothpick. No. Okay. Shiv, how about you, sir? I wasn't planning on playing a ton of Arena Commander once PU comes out, and I like the ship I have. So Arena Commander is just not even a thing for you. I figured, like I mentioned earlier, practice. I feel like I need feel like I need to, but otherwise, I don't think I'll be doing it a whole lot. Maybe maybe they'll have matches or events in the arena commander. Okay, yeah, yeah that yeah. obviously makes sense. Esports, but, as they said, right? But not it's not a yeah not a, not a source of constant gameplay for you either. So right. yeah. it's not it's not gonna. I can see the reasons. I think buy would be better. Maybe it would take longer. Sure. I think it's Why hard. I mean, they might change it. They might see like eh, this doesn't work, and they can change it. At least we we know that if it turns out to be horrible, they can change it and probably will. I would think. Okay. Well, like I said, they, and they're, they're, they solicited feedback, so there you go. And finally, our words on no REC in Co-op Vandal Swarm. What the f***? That is all for now.
In our latest installment of Do You Even Alpha Bra? The latest update to the Persistent Test Universe, patch 1.0.3, has dropped. Packed to the rafters with tweaks, fixes, updates, this is your chance to see those rough, unpolished edges we've been clamoring for. We hear from CIG that the current plan is to test a build for about two weeks in the PTU before moving the patch to the live Arena Commander server. The dev post indicated that these were patch notes in progress, so like all good testers know, not all of the items are guaranteed to make it into the final patch. With that caveat in mind, let's run down a few of our favorites. And here's the new stuff. Added a new size 3 ballistic weapon, the Galleonson Tactical Tarantula 870 Mark III. Replaced Avenger Sucker Punch Cannons with CF-007 laser repeaters while Sucker Punch Cannons are still being developed. Added a delay for when the next shot will be available if an energy weapon runs dry. Multiple adjustments to weapon characteristics including reducing the range that missiles can lock on. Here's the fixed stuff. Aurora CL and ES and LX and ER weapons equipped to the wing hardpoints will now cool down and recharge. Hooray! Avenger thruster effects are no longer green just in time for St. Patrick's Day. Wait, what? <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Fixed an issue where using HOMAS or track IR whilst using target focus causes the player's head to shake and move uncontrollably. That'll make Jeff happy. Yay. And here's the still broken stuff. Tarantula and Tiger Strike Mass Drivers have a number of issues right now with some currently untested fixes inbound in a future patch. Single-player Vanduul Swarm will crash when returning to the hangar. Oh, that's sad. Vanduul missiles are skipping their flight phase in co-op Vanduul Swarm, which prevents a missile warning from being shown and results in the missile, quote, teleporting to the target's face, unquote, boom. Ship selection resets to default the second time a player loads into a game mode in the same lobby. So there's, there's some, there's some, there's, the rough edges are still there. They're still, you know, it's still, still an alpha. things out. But and I'll still test still it. Still an alpha. That's all right. And quite frankly, I kind of like the idea of an insta-missile. Yeah, the van that was kind of right? cool. I mean, <laughs> I think I may have I ran into that, quite literally. And I have <laughs> run like, into... Hey, no fair. Yeah, I was like, I'm doing fine. Why am I dead? <laughs> I, I want to hear that they fix the issue of my tracker IR uh, pad. Uh, rotating while uh, while my helmet stayed in place. Oh, in the helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's that's. Uh, I guess they don't have a fix for that one yet, but they will stop you from shaking uncontrollably. So you know, there's that. Yeah, ooh. Well, you know, you know, steady by jerks. You know, little by little progress. Three steps forward, two steps back. That's how it works. Uh, now, Shiv, you you sent me a note before the game that said you wanted to talk about uh, there's some weapons tweaks, and you said you want to talk about the Omni Skies. On the latest patch, I noticed the Omni Sky you could shoot a lot more than before, so it took a lot longer to overheat. It did say they lowered the recharge rate, which I assume means it takes longer to reload. Uh, it might it might take does it maybe does it take longer for the power to come back up? Yeah, that's I think what the a, patch means. Okay, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I do know with three Omni Skies, if you aim good can really tear somebody up and i think that might be a balance tweak with what i do i have three on my mm -hmm. ship i usually shoot them all at once but when some are overheating i'll just one's on one weapon group then two are on the other so i'll use the one while the two recharge so it's definitely something you can work around it's almost it's almost like you're you're playing the paper rock scissors game with your weapons and all the different features and drawbacks that it has yeah it's, it sounds a lot fun. like that. we should do that <laughs> Well, we'll have a link to the patch notes in progress, as well as a link to instructions on how to access the PTU in our show notes. By the time this show hits the internet in its glorious full spectrum, 
post-production splendor. This little tidbit of knowledge will be about 24 hours out of date. Yes, you guessed it. It's the shameless plug to either listen to our live show or become a Patreon backer to get the raw file early. If you're one of those lucky listeners to either one, you can rearrange your schedule for Monday, February 16th to dogfight with the devs at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 12 midnight GMT by our reckoning. CIG is organizing four-man squad battle dev teams to incentivize the community to help with a stress test. Wait, stress test? We're like a super amazing fun test. Oh man, it was so great. When that thing happened with the ship and the gun, it was like zoom, and I was like, whoa, dude, it was like cool. Oh wait, you missed that? Don't worry, CIG is planning additional events like this one for our worldwide time zones in the future. Future. A nice touch on the end of that. So uh, let's talk coincidence here, Shiv, just for a second. How long ago did you send an email to James Pugh inviting him to do a, a Twitch dev battle with you? According to my emails, February 7th, oh. I said, Hey, James, we here at Guard Frequency certainly love dev interviews, but everyone does that. I was hoping to set up some Arena Commander matches with devs and other CIG staff who might be willing how would we need to set this up? I hadn't heard back, but apparently they stole my idea, and I want... Oh, oh steal, steal. I, I mean, I this want, is a community, Shiv. They, they, they shared this idea. They shared it. They borrowed. It's shared. It's, it, it's a, we're a love it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's okay. Uh, I want uh, my money. <laughs> imitation being the sincerest form of flattery, right? I mean, obviously. Yep. Yeah, Next, so. they'll be using yeah, Ronald sure. Jenkins' music. That, that's a shout-out. <laughs> hey, it. man, you know, if, Ronald, if they, you know, Ronald... Ronald Jenkins will owe me if uh, if they yeah I mean seriously uh, that's gonna be I'm gonna chase him down if that if that happens. Uh, that's a shout out to uh, the first cast who also used Ronald Jenkins music. He's just a heck of a guy. I mean, you just uh, all you know, we we asked him nicely. That's all we did for him, and he said, "Go for it, man. Just give me credit." And we said, "Sure." And so he's just a, he's just a wonderful human being. Highly recommend both his music and his personality to everyone. I Go watch him on give YouTube. Him money. It's Give him money. Buy his stuff. It's good stuff. But now it's time for news we didn't use. Kaizen, Reconstruction Revolution, various events around the verse. Around the Verse, episode 31, with a new format with videos from each studio delivering the news. February subscriber flare, a Gladius model, and another cardboard box to litter your hangar. Test tried the 300 series this week, also known as the best series of ships. RSI Museum, Underworld 1 and 2, more nostalgia-based projects on Kickstarter. 350R and the M50 sale go so fast it's like speed 2 on a bus. 10 for the designers. Dot, dot, dot. But Jeff, you want to actually wanted to talk about a couple of things on Ten for the Designers, didn't you? Well, yeah, there was there was a couple of things I, when I listened to them. First, there was uh, they were doing paints and emblems and stuff for organizations, and it got me to thinking oh, cool. what we would what we here at Guard Frequency as a rescue. Yeah. A service, how we would want to consider painting our corporate ships as. Our livery, as it were. Yeah, exactly. I thought it would have to be something recognizable and bright in space mm. that would identify us as guard frequency. And so I I had a couple ideas, and I just wanted to reach out to the rest of guard frequency. Sure, and, sure. And see, Pitch us. 
see what you thought. Sure, sure. P- pitch us, pitch us. Go for it. Well, what do you think? I think uh, I think we should uh, liberate up as uh, emergency vehicles, uh, probably right. mm-hmm. red or blue, and or a combination of the two, and see if we can get the designers to put in some strobes. I think we should okay. have a, right. a black and white checkered stripe around it, like the hat, the top hats in the New York. Oh, like, like constable type thing. Yeah, like like they do in London or or where where it is they have those. We're missing our British guy. There's a lot of like you know fluorescent neon yellow with the bobbies and the coppers. Yeah, I thought that would be more like days. like uh, the guy that picks up after games or after uh, you know battles and stuff. That the fluorescent yellow would be like the janitorial crew, <laughs> like the like the guys the ship was just talking right. about in that one game. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. all right, yeah, you yeah. Did okay, <laughs> a tall fuzzy hat. Ooh, no, we're not doing fuzzy hats. All right, yeah, no, but I like that. I like that's good. We're going to think about this now that we've uh, now that we know that we're going to have organizational paint schemes and and emblems available for our ships. We're going to have to put some thought and some design uh, muscle uh, into that idea. So uh, uh, good to know. The real question though this week is, of course, where the f- is the first person shooter module? I'm waiting. I don't know about you guys. I'm waiting. But in, in the meantime, I've been doing other things. I'm waiting for Jeff to tell us he's not playing it. I'm not playing it. Yep. Okay. I, good I enough. But what are you playing? Oh, same thing I was doing last. While week. not waiting for the first person shooter. Yeah, I I was doing the same thing I was doing last week. <gasps> Man, we are gonna we we've got to get you past step one of your world of work, <laughs> admitting you have a problem thing. Step two awaits. We have to oh, look you up remembered what, what I was next doing week. last week. I wasn't even gonna... before. Yeah, before next week, Jeff, I make this solemn commitment to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tap my desk audibly because I'm making this commitment to you is I'm going to look up what step two and 12-step programs are, and I'm, and I'm going to tell you what that step should be so that if you're still on step one, I'll at least tell you what you should be doing uh, at step two. Uh, good luck with that. Okay. What have you, what have you been up to, Shiv? Last week, I, be, I played uh, Imagine Me. The developer was actually... We interviewed him on here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, one of our very first shows, yeah, like episode eight. I got it in a humble yeah. bundle, and I was like, what? Because I think there was a bug that basically I couldn't play it. The update is like, well, I'll give it another shot. And now that I can actually play it properly, it's a fun game. My son laughs hilariously when I die repeatedly. That, that's amazing. <laughs> also played a little yeah. bit of Metro Last Light. And I my go-to I want to goof off for 20 minutes game is Risk of Rain. And a little bit of Broken Sword 1, Shadow of the Templar. Man. Mysteries aren't going to solve I'm themselves. I'm super jealous. I worked a lot this week, so I didn't have any fun. No fun. I heard a rumor there is a company out there who is going to be rebuilding or redoing the uh, Homeworld series. Yes, that's on the cusp of being released. Yes. The Homeworld Remastered series. Another 60 bucks of mine down yeah, there. That's right. I'll tell you what. I Goodbye, wow. God, I love those games so much. I still have Homeworld 2 installed on my machine, and I still fire it up every so often. I do, too. Do, well, have you ever played the Complex mod? The, com- the It's called Complex, I think, for Homeworld 2. Um, no, actually, I, I enjoyed it without modding, though I, I was thinking recently of, of revisiting after playing it again, of uh, mm. seeing what mods were out there. It's kind of like free space, you know. Uh, there's a, Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you love the original, but sometimes you'd love to go and, and see what you can do with some mods. Yeah, before on the show before, I've talked about the Diaspora mod for free space. I mean, it, it turned it into Battlestar Galactica, like, legit. It's just amazing. The complex mod for Homeworld 2 just took Homeworld 2 and just blew it up. I mean, it's it's unreal 
the depth and level of complexity and gameplay that you get with with that. So, yeah. So, but I mean, I'm I'm hoping that the remastered version, uh, while it probably won't live up to complexes depth you know it'll be wonderful to play that game again with modern graphics and, and uh, you know the speed of today's system so I agree and I hope that they allow modding I, I hope they don't oh I'm sure you know they don't I'm sure. uh, make it so new that you can't mod it like you used to yeah I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'd be very disappointed then if they didn't uh, but uh, so we'll see and this week's community question should we be able to earn REC in co-op vandal swarm or are you wrong? Let us know. Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at robertspaceindustries.com. Now that we're all caught up with the latest news from around the verse, let's go and find out all we can about the null system in this week's Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets. Has this ever happened to you? Welcome, welcome. Have a seat. Oh, hey. Nice oh, to hello. meet you. Good to see you. Yes, I see here you're both longtime friends and looking for a good vacation on a budget with your wives. Let's see, you'd like two rooms, easy enough. Okay, I have a system in mind. Lots to see, but I'd like to know what you're looking for. Make sure it's a good fit. We, uh, my wife really enjoys scenic vistas that uh, we can see from space. Perfect. This package includes system travel accommodations. The fourth planet has just the thing. It's a gas giant, which is lovely, but the atmosphere has a raging electrical storm. Just don't get too close, of course. Although, there are treasure hunt cruises where specially outfitted ships can go and find interesting things on the wrecks. I mean, lovely scenic abandoned ships that got too close. You might find some interesting souvenirs. Oh, yeah, souvenirs. My wife loves shopping on vacation. I always take some extra credit just for that. Are there interesting shops to take a look at? Oh, sure. 100%. The third planet has a singular docking location, and it's all about the things you can't find anywhere else. Not just the normal tourist tchotchkes, painted rocks, t-shirts, and keychains mass-produced on Terra, but the special things you can't find anywhere else. Oh, good. Can you haggle? Of course. It's all part of the charm. There's even events you can do here as well, searching for special crystals. It's a fun time. Lucrative, too, if you find a lot. Just make sure you have an official claim with you. You know, some people like to prey on tourists and make all the money, but I have a few contacts. Good guys will give you a good deal, if that's something you like to do, of course. Oh, this sounds like fun so far. What else? Um, how are the hotels? The cabins? Oh, the cabins are top-notch. It's like staying in the cabins of a UEE battle carrier. In fact, it's exactly like that. The lush and decadent furnishings are made from a repurposed UEE battle carrier on the surface of a planet. A UEE battle cruiser? Is it on the fifth planet? Why, yes. In fact, now, now it is you on wait. the fifth planet. A UEE battle cruiser repurposed into planetary habitation? Perhaps it crashed there in 2571? Yes, but it's actually quite whoa, nice. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. That third planet with the market? Would that be called coal? It's the finest market you could ever coal go to. Coal is it, not a market for vacationers. It's a black market, only suitable for experienced traders and merchants. And that electrical storm around the fourth planet kills ships and ships that try and scavenge the hulks. <laughs> well, it is optional, of course. Yo, and by now we all know what system you're trying to send us to. No. It is rather cost-effective. And full of slavers. Just who are you working for there? Gosh, look at my Moby glass. I've got another appointment. That you do, sir. An appointment with the law. You're under arrest for aiding and abetting the slave trade. I, I don't even know how I got mixed up in all this. All I wanted to do was download that movie and then I don't know what happened to me. 
Don't let this be your experience. Only book with authorized UEE travel agents licensed by the TDD. This has been a public service announcement by your United Empire of Earth Government Media Supervisory Commission. Are you new to the verse and need a bit of advice? Is there a nugget of lore some sit or sib taught you that we all should know? Let us know by dropping us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. But for now, let's tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he can leap tall boundings in a single build and that he's the champion of breakfast. But all we know is he's called the Shiv and he put together this week's feedback. And this week we're, uh, basically it's all about the VD store, and we'll start with Osteron, who says, I think their big problem is messaging. I understand Tony's point that they're doing something new and finding their way, but so far the pattern has been, one, release a feature that involves backers paying, two, dodge or give non-specific answers about the intent behind releasing said feature, three, when the community blows up, explain what you meant to do, which involves keeping everyone's money anyway. I don't think they're doing it with malice aforethought, but they definitely need to stop thinking that backers are just going to get what their intent was with things like this. Dillick says, guys, guys, the items on the VD store affect Arena Commander Simulator and also in the Persistent Universe. If you purchase something with Arena Commander credits, it will only be available in Arena Commander. Those items that were purchased via VD store will not be erased when the servers are wiped during the PEU tests. So again, AC credits will get you items only for Arena Commander. Pay to win, maybe, but it is part of the money versus time argument. If you can use real money to get AC credits, then that is unnecessary and troublesome. Great show, gentlemen, and have a great week. Well, I mean, if you look at it this way, I mean, the Arena Commander credits, the RECs, are going to be basically a discounted time currency. I mean, they're really, they're going hand over fist on the time currency stuff. Once the universe launches, you know, you will not be able to earn near that rate. You know, this is, I'm talking, it's probably a a factor of 100 is my rough guess. I mean, they're going to let you earn things roughly 100 times faster in the uh, Arena Commander module than they would in a persistent universe. It is a direct conversion. It's dollars to UEC and then there's a 10 to 1 conversion factor or equivalence factor. I guess you can't actually convert it, but it's an, there's an equivalence factor of exactly 10 to 1 between UEC and REC. It's there and that's fine, but I would rather see the REC be fully equivalent, meaning that your purchase in the Arena Commander game does not decay the way your purchase in the universe will decay once the persistent universe launches through maintenance fees and upkeep. Amontillado says, The VD store is, in my opinion, no different than the pledge store in its purpose. It's there to help fund the development of the game. By buying VD store items, you're simply handing CIG money with the expectation of being able to enjoy the items you have purchased in the finished game. Anything that CIG wants us to test will be given to us for testing. The utility and functionality of anything we buy prior to the release of the game should be considered in flux. If you buy a size 3 gun only to find later that your particular ship stats have changed and you can no longer use it, that's on you. Hopefully with the introduction of REC, currency, and the ability to melt VD purchases for credit, people will get off the mindset that their VD purchases are intended for immediate arena commander use. But they are. You can use some version of what you buy in the Voyager Direct store in Arena Commander. 
it's not a mindset issue. It is a verifiable fact that happens every time I load my really mostly worthless Maxox neutron cannons onto my, my horn. There's a little bit of a fictional trick you have to play in your mind if you want to get all this straight because Chris Roberts really is trying to get the immersion factor into the game as early as pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-alpha and that's causing a little cognitive dissonance with a lot of people. The point is is that CIG takes money from you and provides you some immediate benefit. Now they're launching a system where they're going to let you play the game and provide you a deferred benefit, meaning that you can earn this in-game credit and then get something later for it. Those two systems are going to have some sort of overlap, and my contention right now is that they don't overlap enough. It's not that the in-game deferred gratification currency they provide you is not similar enough to the instant gratification, here, take my money, system that they've got in place right now. Sayoldian writes in and says, Great show, guys. VD store equals pledge store. Tony was right. I can't believe I'm saying this. I can believe it. They have no idea what they're doing. They're making it up as they go and as this evolves. It's not a bad thing, though. We buy weapons now in the VD store to give more money and to save time later, as Tony said. There I go again. Yes, Sayoldian, there you go again. And the argument that AC is a polished game couldn't be further than the truth. It's still very buggy. The leaderboards are no indication of anything. People should not be buying unbalanced weapons for buggy gameplay at this stage. They are fooling themselves if they are. The VD store is not and never was to test anything, as been clarified. It's merely another avenue to pledge. Yeah, yeah. I can, you know, Sayoldian, he's a smart fellow. Yeah. I like that guy. He thinks I was right twice. Well, just so. wait, Tony. There's more. What? No. Zero writes in and says, I think Tony is right. Oh, my God. That's two. <laughs> just like other features, VD, AC credits, and all that are in active development, and it's obvious CIG is reacting to the community feedback along the way. As long as CIG keeps the promise that we'll be able to buy everything in the persistent universe without spending real money if we don't want to. I don't see a problem with different options to support the game in exchange for rewards. All of those options, VD, the credit system, the pledge store, and subscriptions, could be confusing to new backers. I'm certain that they'll revamp the entire store pledge system at some point, or at least present it in a more streamlined form. I don't know about that. I mean, they got to get their act together, as the recent REC stuff that you've heard prior in this episode alluded to. Patrick Doyle says... I think we have to come to realize that Arena Commander is not an alpha of Star Citizen. It's not even a beta. It's a demo. Maybe not a demo in the classic shareware sense where anyone can try before you buy at no cost, but a demo nonetheless. The differentiation, demo versus alpha, changes all the dimensions of our conversation. Whether we spend real money or IRC on upgrades, why Arena Commander needs to reach such a level of polish before any new release, which ships are available to fly and when, everything. If we look at Arena Commander no longer as a test bed, but more as a marketing piece and an embryonic version of the full game that backers can have fun with, and the PTU is the alpha, I think everything coming from CIG will begin to make a lot more sense. I love the show and hope you guys keep up the good work. I look forward to it every week. I like his argument. I like his idea that the the PTU is the alpha and the Arena Commander is something else. I mean, alpha plus, alpha minus, whatever, demo, sure, why not? But I think what maybe needs to come out more is that with Arena Commander, CIG is not only testing their code and objects in the game, they're also testing their player base. Now, we talked about this a little bit before, the, my sort of cynical view that they're not telling us everything about the whole uh, REC system. Uh, I think that part of the alpha test is 
denying all the features of the game to some of the player base. And if you're willing to spend lots of time to unlock RE, you know, to earn REC and unlock features of the game, or if you're willing to pledge in the VD store to unlock them in both the Arena Commander and in the Persistent Universe, they'll let you have full access. But I think that maybe that needs to be made more clear by CIG and a certain understanding at the community is that they're not just testing the game, they're also testing their customers. KJL Taiwan writes in and says, VD store, some complain guns overpriced, $16 for one GT220. But it's a good indicator that the ship parts and the gear easily outprice the hull. Yeah, that can be true for a lot of things. Schmunkle98 wants to know if alpha testers would be in an advantage as they could complete Squadron 42 before anyone else. I was wondering, we got Squadron 42 at the end of the year, but it's only one episode. And the commercial release is supposed to be next year. So I'm thinking that before Squadron 42 is complete, it's what, 10 episodes? The mm-hmm. Persistent Universe will be in the hands of the non-backer public before the final episode of Squadron 42 is created. Well, so. wasn't the whole idea, though, that if you completed Squadron 42, you become a citizen with certain ranks and privileges, though? If the, if yeah. the Persistent Universe starts before the end of Squadron 42... You're not going to start the game in that condition. Yeah, something Tony Zurevec said in one of the town halls is there'll be some kind of journal in your hangar. Yeah. And so they release episode three or whatever. And you go in your hangar, then you play the episodes, and it shows up in your journal, and then whatever you got would show up in your hangar. So, like, you have this yeah, stuff, but you forgot I mean. about it until you're like, oh, yeah. I have that medal. I forgot about it until I read it in my diary. (laughs) Oh, that was in storage. My mom had it. From our amazing donors of monetary goodness, latest Patreon oblivious. No video of flaming hot chips. Oh, sad face. Happy face? Certainly no melty face. Ah. Random.org chose a winner, and it's Sally Odin. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I am routinely amazed at the different ways you come up to pronounce, uh, come up with to pronounce his name. I know. Amazing. Anyway, Say stickers are in the mail. A reminder of this week's community question. Should we be able to earn REC in Co-op Vandal Swarm, or are you wrong? Let us know in an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at the robertspaceindustries.com forums. So, how was the show? Did we rant like a boss, or was it all so much dross? Either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. Leave a comment on this episode show notes at guardfrequency.com. You can subscribe feeds.guardfrequency.com, or find us on iTunes. You could hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak or start an argument on our Reddit at GuardFreak.reddit.com. You can leave a comment and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. And if you're old school like us, shoot an email to squawk at GuardFrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute and tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 59 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 60 on February 24th, so be sure to keep an eye out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com or our official Robert Space Industries fan site sub Send us your feedback about the show, please. Aside from all the ways we just ran down, you can also use the contact form on our website, and all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in our show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come and help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? If so, send us a note to squawkguardfrequency.com. And if you just can't get enough spaceship podcasting, why not check out our sister production, Priority One? They cover Star Trek Online in the greater Star Trek universe. 
just go to PriorityOnePodcast.com. Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Saturday night, then you should join us live over at guardfrequency.com forward slash live. We start recording around 8.30 p.m. Central. That's Sundays, 2.30 a.m. GMT. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, and our artist, Simon Charlton Edwards. And our assistant audio engineer, Michael Duncan. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work, including his newest release, Alphanumeric. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Turn to 330, count 15. Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard. And I'm Justin, and I would like to announce that our own that our very own Lennon Rich has unlocked the most absent host achievement here at Guard Frequency. And only if he was here to accept it. Uh, hang on, two things. Just, I'm getting some background noise from you, and uh, if if only he was here to accept yes, it. Yes. Also, you're my, a little hot, too, Justin. Yeah, little... I forgot to set up Audacity. Hey, 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 his wife's probably listening. <laughs> By your United Empire of Earth government meadery, by your United Empire of Earth government media. By your United... Ah. A reminder of this week's community question. Should we be able to earn REC in Co-op Vandal Swarm? Yes. Oh, yeah, well, that's what we think. Let us know. <laughs> Let you us did it wrong. Yeah, I did it wrong. Read that. Or are you wrong? Yeah, or are Is that you supposed wrong? to be there? From the top. From the top. Okay. I thought that was like a leftover because it wasn't capitalized like real words are. Real words. A reminder of this week's commit. Oh, I get it now. A reminder. <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing's lost on you. Yeah. Go space. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. This is Justin CIG CIG News Sync Trace. C Jews. <laughs> <laughs> First we're silent and can't talk, and now when I interject, I'm shushed. You, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I'm, a, I'm a dictator. I make no bones about this. You know, my my whims control all. Hail Tony, we okay. love you. Hail Tony, we love you. <laughs> this little pid tidbit. This pid little tidbit. This little this little light of mine. This little tidbit of knowledge of Alaska. Oh, sorry. Man, I was going to get it that time. I thought you were going to go, man. I thought you were were gearing up. I was ready to... Never mind. Across the Verse, episode 31, with a new format with... Or Around the Verse. Whatever. Aliens, (laughs) taunting vipers. Aliens (laughs) that (laughs) vomit. Test drive the 300 series of this... What? Who wrote this? Who wrote this? I wrote this. And that brings us to this week's communities... This week, communities question. Okay, here we go. 
Let's go find out all we can about the null system in this week's n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n n